This is the Automation World Get Your Questions Answered podcast, where we connect with industry experts to get the answers you need about industrial automation technologies. This podcast series is sponsored by Allied Electronics and Automation, carrying the most automation and control brand names in North America. The questions posed in this podcast series all come from automation technology users across the process and discrete manufacturing industries. I'm David Greenfield, Director of Content for Automation World, and in this podcast, we'll be digging deeper into the pros and cons of smart instruments as it pertains to industrial cybersecurity concerns. Now, in our previous podcast on this topic, we focused a lot on the features and capabilities that differentiate smart instruments from the traditional instruments we're all familiar with. But when it comes to securing these devices, it was made clear in part one of this podcast that this is an issue that's still very much evolving. So to help you make sense of this evolving landscape of smart instrument cybersecurity, I'm joined for part two of this podcast by Nathan Hedrick and Ryan Williams, product managers at Anderson Hauser, a supplier of measurement instrumentation, services, and software technologies for industrial process engineering. So to start this discussion, let's characterize the state of cybersecurity for smart instruments. You know, looking across the market, how would you describe the cybersecurity capabilities uh, of smart instrument technology today? Hey, David, this is uh, Nate here. I'll start. Uh, So the first thing I'd say, and you may hear this as somewhat of a theme for me as I'm talking about it throughout, is that the smart instrument does have a piece of responsibility in the overall cybersecurity of the system, uh, but we also have to treat the system holistically. If we look purely at the smart instrument, then we'll be missing a large part of the scope of the overall security of the system. Uh, From the instrumentation perspective itself, there are certainly things that we at Anderson Hauser try to do as a manufacturer to help enable uh, cybersecurity uh, and security in general. A few of those things are different levels of access that we build into our devices, uh, whether that be user-changeable passcodes, whether that be uh, following typical standards that we see, like ISA 99, uh, when we look at uh, also in the development of our devices, the wireless capabilities, their encryption states uh, for password protections and the way that messages are transmitted, Uh, We also look at how we can uh, minimize writing to the devices with uh, hardware, such as dip switches that prevent any sort of writing down to the device. Uh, And also one thing we always try to look at is making sure that our devices are not pass-throughs. So essentially, if someone does physically gain access to the device and somehow corrupt it, that it would not be able to pass that information on up the system and it would only be impacting that device and not the DCS or PLC or any of the customer's business systems. And one of the key uh, elements that Nathan uh, got a chance to help us understand the state of cybersecurity in context to smart instruments um, also elaborates on the point where smart instruments, um, what does that mean? And when we think about instruments that have digital technologies to be able to truly drive more data that can drive knowledge and information in new ways. Uh, at Ernst Hauser, we have uh, many vintages of different 
smart sensor transmitter and instrumentation lines uh, that maybe have not been connected in the past that now users are looking to connect into uh, more of their digital systems. So when he was uh, really referring to the capabilities, uh, it's a, if we think about layers of defense, uh, everything from the instrument design itself to the connectivity, to the user password, to data encryption, uh, it truly is an evolving process. And it's best by uh, kind of a, looking at it at a policy level in general, but then also getting deep into each instrument type and what its capabilities are with the users. And how do you start putting in layers of defense uh, that ensure uh, that you minimize any risks while still taking advantage of the great opportunity that digital smart instruments uh, provide us? Okay. Thank you, Nate and Ryan. One quick question following up on that. Uh, Nate, you were talking about the different uh, levels of access control uh, that are provided uh, in the smart instruments. Can you clarify, is that done at the instrument level through an interface, or is that something done and handled through a higher level of uh, the cybersecurity system in place in the plan? I'll speak, I guess, from the instrument perspective and what we do there, we, we have a number of different ways that you can interact with the device. Uh, part of what makes most of our, especially our flow meters, more uh, modern and on the smart instrument side, so to speak, is the built-in web servers of the device to make a more intuitive user interface that can be uh, connected via a physical LAN connection or it could be a wireless LAN display, which is an optional purchased option from our devices that allow you to connect that with your your uh, handheld, whether that be a smartphone, tablet, or laptop, whatever it is you're, you're carrying around as long as it's wireless LAN enabled as well. Uh, from that then, those layers of uh, user access are programmed. So the device has an access code for the web server that you as a user can change uh, to be whatever you'd want it to be. Uh, moving kind of, I say, upstream from that still within the device, even let's say you did the wireless LAN access option that uh, can be changed, the password and the username, so the SSID that you see, uh, and the password there can be changed uh, to same industry standards that you would have on uh, any wireless-enabled devices that you'd have in your plant network. Uh, and so then a user from there would have ways of creating firewalls and other uh, user access as to whether or not they could even get on the network in the first place to communicate to those devices. Let's say you had a LAN network, you could control who had access to that, let's say based on the uh, you know IP requirements on the associated hardware, like a laptop that you might be connecting to that network as to whether or not the user had rights to that access. So for me, there, there are definitely things that we've built into the devices so that you have user uh, access rights and can designate who's going to have access to the device to make changes or interact with it at all. Uh, but I'm sure there are things upstream of that in the architecture that can also be a limiting factor as to who has access to the device. Well, so given that and, and knowing that the various features and capabilities that uh, 
you know, that are out there and available are going to differ widely from uh, supplier to supplier. Is there any specific set of uh, features or capabilities that end users should be looking for in specific products as they investigate the use of smart instruments? Well, I guess I'd first say the one, one thing I always recommend to customers, and this is a little bit outside of, you know, specifically cybersecurity, is to first look at the initial install base that you have. Uh, I think often when we start talking about smart instruments, there may be an assumption made that I don't have any of those uh, already out there. And so then you start to think, well, what kind of investment do I have to do to even begin to take advantage of what smart instruments bring to the table? Uh, And so I always recommend first installed base audit to take a look at what you already have in facility that may already be, you know, so to speak, smart. That's kind of a you know buzz term, of course, but there's a lot of devices that have been in the market for many years that have a lot of advanced capabilities in terms of monitoring the health of the device, monitoring the health of the process that can provide a lot of valuable insight more than the traditional process variable, pressure, temperature, flow, level, whatever that is. There, there can be a lot more valuable information to be pulled from those devices that you may already have and have the ability to take advantage of with their existing capabilities or maybe just some small upgrades rather than having to replace an entire instrument. Uh, you know, the second piece of that then is, is thinking about how you're going to get it. So, so I always think of it as the, the three A's. Uh, how do you acquire, accumulate, and then assess the data. So the acquisition piece, the acquire piece, uh, comes then to, let's say, the physical layer of, of how am I communicating to those devices to get data in the first place. The, the thing I always advocate for is digital communication protocol. Do you have Ethernet IP, Heart, Modbus, whatever the digital protocol is uh, that may allow you to get additional data? Because if you're on a, an analog network, 4 to 20 milliamp network, that's one process variable per set of wires, unless you're pulling heart from it. And so you need the digital piece to start to, to be able to take advantage of all of the process variables and diagnostics that are avail- available in the in smart instrumentation today. So that's kind of the acquire piece. The accumulate piece is having a, an, a data historian or some sort of uh, memory associated with the ability to uh, accumulate that that data over time. Uh, and then the last piece is assess it, whether that's setting limits up front uh, on what is kind of a good measuring range for a particular variable or particular value coming across, uh, or having someone you know monitoring it uh, 24-7, that's a little more challenging. So typically we like to set around those values uh, so that they know um, what good looks like and they can be alarmed if it goes outside of those ranges. And Nathan, those are great perspectives. Um, as we, as a user is looking at exactly to Nathan's point around what technologies are available to unlock uh, my smart or digital instrument, uh, as well as the the needs from the findings of the audit and how a user or a department would truly get value out of those additional um, information sets to improve processes or improve operations. Uh, When you're looking at to make those investments and you're looking at what instrumentation or other um, uh, pieces and parts that are required, it's definitely important to look at 
the, the company or the brand itself. Um, and simply what helps users identify that is what organizations and technologies is the manufacturer or the, or the brands uh, participating in. So as we were talking about common networks and having an open uh, integration uh, position, what goes along with that, there's uh, organizations such as ODVA, Open Device Association, as well as we were talking earlier around ISA. Um, those organizations are essentially helping work with the manufacturers on designing security in in context to the protocols and the certification that the devices are built for. So that just gives really confidence to the user or to the project engineer that's selecting and working through a design plan is to have the reassurance uh, that the quality manufacturer indeed has security, not only, of course, built to the design of the instrument, uh, but they're also an active participant in the industries uh, to improve it. And that's a good indicator uh, to what you should be looking for. Um, so your investment is a good one. Okay. So now we've, we've talked a good deal about the cybersecurity features and capabilities on the smart instrument side, but what about the requirements on the end user side? And by that, I mean, you know, after all, if, you know, if the instrument has a good amount of cybersecurity capabilities built in, but the network it connects to isn't very well secured, then all the cybersecurity benefits of that instrument are certainly going to be diminished to some degree. So, you know, considering that, what would you say are the cybersecurity table stakes, if you will, for end users when it comes to smart instrument use? If I'm leading off again, I'm, I guess I would go back to what I started to say in the beginning is that you really have to look at it holistically. Uh, and if you don't feel that you're already at a place where your uh, your business systems and your internal operations networks are secure, that's the first point. Adding a smart instrument, I don't think, makes you any more or less vulnerable uh, to cybersecurity issues, but you want to make sure that you've got those bases covered first because it is part of the overall uh, scheme. Smart instruments maybe add, can add a layer if they're done right in terms of their network security requirements, uh, but generally speaking, I think you're putting the cart before the horse if you don't have your, uh, your ducks in a row there. Absolutely. And, and as Nathan talked about that planning process uh, is so important. Uh, we often have engagements with customers helping consult and advise them um, as, as we do from the initial point of the instrument. Uh, so as the instrument is helping with a measurement point that could be critical to a process, could be critical to an efficiency of a unit or the actual makeup and the chemistry of the product, um, assessing those things and have different levels of criticality is the same approach that customers and end users need to build up from their their procedures when they evaluate how to unlock those digital or those smart instruments. So to uh, very much to the question, uh, understanding, okay, here's the critical processes that I'm going to measure and I could use uh, more information, more diagnostics. I want to enable some features on. Um, by default, the instruments are going to be more safety defaulted in. Uh, but as a end user has their policies is saying, hey, this is in a non-critical area. Uh, when it comes into the impact, we have limited users. Um, there's the opportunity to enable, to say, a uh, one version of a safety profile or a security profile 
or if it's in a refinery or another application uh, that's more critical and it has more impact and more variability within user groups, uh, then it may have a tighter security profile, which means that indeed those network switches, the interface to the uh, distributed control system, some of those other items need to be part of that security uh, policy. Uh, so that's really just thinking about it in, in a pragmatic approach and laying out a plan, assessing it with a diverse team, uh, not just engineering, not just instrumentation, but also understanding risk and operations is also a best practice from an end user side of what to be prepared for. And ultimately, knowing that it'll help the smart instrument manufacturer or the application engineer putting it in to know what their requirements are for setting up those features and benefits uh, that really get the, the best bang uh, for the customer's dollar. Yeah, just to add to that, Ryan, one of the things that typically um, when I talk about that install base audit and looking at where you want to implement smart instrumentation and the associated network around it, uh, I think that's a great thing to be assessing as well is where is the highest value going to be delivered. There again, you don't have to, to take your entire plant and upgrade the entire system at once. It could be that there's a particular high value application that you start with, and that can also then be a great learning uh, environment uh, where you are testing out on a small scale what you'll want to be doing on a larger scale to make sure that that works before you scale it up. All right. Thanks, Nate and Ryan. Um, we, uh, we began this discussion by kind of looking at the current state of smart instrument security and, and what end users are finding on the market today. But, you know, in light of all that's going on around Industry 4.0 and the industrial Internet of Things and, you know, the variety of new products and cybersecurity services that are coming out around that, do you see anything significant in terms of smart instruments now? Do you see anything significant changing in the next few years or do you see the foreseeable future of, you know, three to four years out that we'll largely be looking at the same sorts of cybersecurity issues we've been discussing here today? I guess for me, this is Nate, if I'm thinking about that, I think we're still in the process of adoption uh, of partly what's existing now. I mean, there, there are always going to be developments. Technology continues to evolve at a faster and faster rate. So saying that there won't be any developments would be, I think, pretty naive and short-sighted of me. Uh, but what I, what I can say is that, that we're starting to see a, a change in most customers' mentality. And when we first had, I can say, on our flow meters, uh, wireless LAN-enabled displays for connecting, we had some customers, many customers who were uh, say, no way, that's not going to happen. We can't have that in our facility. You could even see that with things like Bluetooth on devices where people were very concerned about how the IT groups within their facilities would respond. And what, what I've seen over the past few years is more exchange there between what's tr traditionally been in the wheelhouse of IT uh, and then a group that I continue to see evolving called OT operations technology uh, and they're communicating better at more and more of our customer facilities to look at how they can take advantage of some of the advanced uh, capabilities of devices of smart instruments uh, whereas before it was kind of a, well, that's IT's realm and, and that's not going to happen to uh, an inner dialogue in that community as to how we can work together to 
realize the value that the technology can bring us uh, in a way that is also secure. Those are some great insights, Nate. I appreciate you sharing that. One of the uh, few other additional topics uh, that we see that are really right in front of us today and we'll see absolutely in the next few years, uh, and that is we see a, a larger amount of adoption for those smart instruments or those key measuring points in remote physical locations, as well as um, locations that are not as safe or available, such as uh, instruments on top of tanks uh, or on uh, mezzanines or in unsafe areas. And then, of course, in remote oil fields or remote uh, uh, water applications, we see that the cybersecurity and the remote uh, management of such instruments are increasing um, and as well as we get a lot of requests and are delivering solutions, I would say more predominantly in that space. Um, so I think that's a huge area of growth and adoption within um, cybersecurity and, and remote assets. There's a few other motivating things that are helping us that we're seeing right now in the next few years, and that is the topic of mobility. Uh, as we see more and more plants and users want to embrace a mobile workforce as we're uh, all doing a little more with less to be more productive and efficient. Uh, we find that uh, that's going to be a huge game changer and it comes to embracing uh, network connections as well as uh, technology such as, such as Nathan was referring to as enabling more Bluetooth and other types of technologies uh, that enables those mobile devices and those workforces to really get not only information, but put into context for action. Um, and we find that that is absolutely a reality today. And as we see uh, that mature and continue, we're going to start to see that more of the norm. So those are just a few more insights to uh, where we see things laying out in our current uh, customer engagements at this point. Okay. So let's uh, kind of I guess, uh, sum up, wrap up this discussion and sum it up, getting back to the initial question that we received from our reader, you know, looking for a list of pros and cons. So, you know, based on everything we discussed here today and knowing the instruments in the market as you do, is it possible to give kind of a rough list uh, of the pros and cons of smart instruments when it comes to cybersecurity? I'd say on the, you know, on the pro side, there are instruments now that, communicate digitally that maybe you wouldn't call smart in terms of being built with security by its very design. I think as Ryan was speaking to earlier, you know, looking at the partners, when you're looking for an instrumentation manufacturer, a partner who is involved with the larger industry discussions, uh, like you mentioned ODVA and ISA. So there are those that have digital protocols that uh, maybe aren't looking at some of the access rights. So if they're not looking at how to, uh, how users can or cannot access their devices, if they're not looking at how to ensure there's not pass-through uh, from the device up through the network of any malware, those sorts of topics, then, then I suppose that could be a concern or a con, uh, you know, because you could compare that to a not smart instrument, let's say, which essentially has no digital communication at all and simply does a 4 to 20, no A to D conversion. So from that perspective, doesn't really offer any 
room for cybersecurity attack. But I'd say as long as you're looking at vendors who are also building their devices to ensure that cybersecurity defense is enabled, uh, it's really, for me, predominantly on the pros side. In fact, most people asking this question maybe don't even realize, again, to my point about the install base auto, about how many you know, smart devices they actually already have uh, and, and haven't been considering this topic uh, maybe as uh, you know, forward thinking because they, they haven't heard the terms of web server or they haven't been using the digital protocols. I mean, many devices today with 420 also have heart. Whether or not they're using heart, it's still there and enabled. Uh, and so they may even have smart instruments and really hadn't thought through the cybersecurity process. So to me, it's a a pro that the question's even being posed, that people are starting to consider it. Great perspectives, Nate. This is Ryan. Uh, Just on a short list, um, I would also add, you know, when it comes into the pro of uh, smart instruments for cybersecurity, uh, again, it's, it's going back to understanding what measurement points or what instruments you feel that you really want to unlock and embrace being connected uh, into into these smart networks and into these smart systems. Um, so again, it goes back to the design by the manufacturer, the vendor, and then how you're applying it. So the great news is um, that if you kind of do a little bit of that planning and due diligence up front, uh, it's a it's a, a lot of those considerations for risk where have already been designed uh, into the product or into the approved integration type. Um, the other pro is that many of the companies, including Anderson Hauser, uh, have strong partnership alliances as part of open network, as well as uh, integration partners within uh, the interface layers. So seeing those partnerships uh, enables further documentation and more reassurances uh, that these policies can be upheld at an end user level just based on the due diligence done by the uh, manufacturers and the, and the integration functions of that. Some of the cons of the list uh, would be there is a lot of variation across uh, vendors into how they describe these items, uh, features, functions, and connectivity, and even what is built into their uh, devices. So sifting through that and learning um, is a little bit of an uphill battle, which could be perceived as a barrier. Um, it also goes down to the plant itself and the users and what the policy is and how to interpret that within the plant um, to feeling comfortable of doing something that hasn't traditionally been done in the plant before. Um, but uh, yeah, so those with a short list of, of pros and cons. At the end of the day, it just goes back to, you know, what's your benefit versus uh, you know, your pain and your gains is there's a huge amount of potential with digital instruments and with smart um, instruments that can really change the, the value or the user efficiency. It just has to be thought through and vetted out. Um, so you have a plan for you know, integration of some of those key uh, instruments uh, for the benefit of the plant and for the user. All right. Well, thank you, Nate and Ryan, for joining me for this podcast. And thank you all for out there for listening. And please keep watching this space for more installments of Automation World Get Your Questions Answered. And remember to visit our website at www.automationworld.com to stay on top of the latest industrial automation technology insights, trends, and news.